0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: What'd you just pop open, Ethan? Well, I'm very excited about this one. Focal banger from from the Alchemist in Vermont. What's the, the date at the bottom? Actually, yeah, I meant to check that and see. September 5th. That's not too bad, right? Yeah, it's not bad at all. Yeah, for for getting out to Colorado being within a month, I feel like that's pretty good. Now, the next question is how much do you pay for a four pack? I think it was I think it was only 18 actually. Good. Which seems like a really good price now that I think about it. Or uh I think they're still only charging 12 or 13.99 at the brewery. So How's that possible when I was back in Maryland? I was paying like 22, 24, 25 for like other half four packs. Is that well, just yeah. cuz just DC area, just everything is more expensive, do you
2: think? I mean, yeah, they're they retail 20 to 22 mostly now.
1: Okay. Yeah, wow. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, cuz I saw that and I was like, oh wow, it seems seems great. Um is that an IPA. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so yeah. Uh, we may have talked about this before because I think we've we've had Hedy on the on the pod before. I think. Oh yeah. 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 So so Hetty Matt.
3: I still have the I still have the can downstairs. Oh
1: nice yeah I got a four pack of that too. And Matt, I, I'm sure we talked about this at the time, but I just want to refresh myself. Hetty is like the OG, right? Along with something from Hill Farmstead, or was Hill Farmstead technically first? As far as um, like New England IPAs.
2: Hetty, I think, would be considered one of the originals. Um, but it was, it was a, one of a, a slew of beers they brewed at the old Alchemist brew pub. Oh, okay. it flooded, yeah. Holy shit, gotcha, okay. Um, so it flooded and they conti- They were able to continue brewing and canning Heady Topper. And that's yeah. how they kind of propped themselves up until they had, I mean, it was a phenomenon, right? They were just selling it out of the back of the truck wherever they could.
4: Yeah, yeah. Um.
2: When did
3: that happen, Matt?
2: Hurricane... Irene or Sandy, I think it was Irene. I think it was like 2009 or something like that. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they lost the restaurant in the brew pub, but they were able to keep brewing and, and keep selling it out at the back of the truck. So, a lot of, you know, I guess maybe a half of the recipes I have now are old brew pub recipes
1: that okay. they just dig up. Yeah. Man, it's amazing. I, I, uh, uh, you're such a font of of knowledge. Right. You know, I was just expecting like a very, very brief history lesson. And then we get all this background about the original brew pub and the flood and all of this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, don't it's quote amazing. me on the hurricane of the date, but it was in
2: the late aughts, early, early teens. Yeah. Where it flooded and they would, they just needed to try and stay afloat. And so if you yeah. want some more info then, just because you didn't ask for it, but I'm going to tell you. So Focal Banger used to be only available. They would not sell that off the back of the truck. It was only available at bars. Okay. So that was like a, um, and that was, that was Hill Farmstead's way to try and get people to go to the bars to support other local businesses in Vermont as well. You could not buy it to go anywhere. And if you were lucky and sweet talk to bartender, maybe they'd like you, let you take a can with you. Cause I remember back in the day, you know, you'd have friends who'd come back from Vermont like, yo, I got this can. They got, <laughs> they let me take a can of Focal out. And it's like, oh my God. <laughs>
1: That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It may, it may not be, you know, even a few weeks out, I feel like it it, it may, it may uh, not be at its freshest, but it's still good, but it's, but it's got like just a hint of, I don't know what, how to describe it. Right. I, we've talked Crassy about this bitterness. So, yeah. Maybe that's the way to say it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's funny cause that was considered
2: like the one of the originals and now if I drank it today for the first time I ago, eh, it's okay.
1: Right. Right. I just remember the first time I had it, was a few years ago when I visited Brother Jeremy in Burlington and they had it, you know, at some bar we went to in Burlington. Right. And at that point, I'm pretty sure I had already drank like a bunch of other halves and stuff like, like you and Tyler had already supplied me with good beers, but I remember like Focal Banger at the time blew my mind. Right. Even after drinking some other halves and now it's like, it's very good, but it's not blowing my mind the same way it did then. So I don't, I don't know, maybe, maybe just, uh, my palette has changed over, over the last few years, you know, but, um, but, uh, but yeah, what do you, what do you guys got?
3: Yeah, Colin, you look like you had a fancy can. Uh, not too fancy. Another Syracuse, uh, Myers Creek. Okay. Is like huh. a Pokemon uh, thing or something. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, it's called Ivan. Ivan was right. Is that a Pokemon I have reference? No, no clue. I mean, it's definitely anime type. I mean, you can, uh, if I turn it the right way.
1: Yeah, it's like anime-style art, right?
3: Yeah. Uh, But it's a fruited sour IPA. Uh, Mm. So it's blueberry, peach, Simcoe? Is that what it is, Matt? Yep, Simcoe Hops. Uh, Yeah, and mosaic. Okay. Not bad. It's good. Uh, Actually, I got it for Tati, because when we went to Myers Creek, when we were in Syracuse in August, that was what she got, and she really liked it. And then I I was at Weggie's, and I saw they had a four-pack, so I picked it up, and she hasn't drank it yet, so I'm drinking it.
2: I think my dad went to Meyer Creek today, actually.
3: Nice. Yeah, oh, sweet. It's a great spot. Yeah. Where? Just, like, it's the old uh, 315, not not the 315... Uh, Empire. Uh,
1: oh, it's the old run. Empire? Yeah, yeah. Not, like, downtown, out, not downtown, out in... Casanova? oh it's out there oh it's in cas oh yeah. Can- okay. canastota I mean, Casanova, one of those two. yeah oh i mean it's beautiful out there canastota
2: Casanova, chitnango they're all long sea c- cities all <laughs> east of
3: yeah yeah but it's a nice space like they have really big indoor spot big outdoor spot yeah oh. uh, as well in the beer for the most part that the you know handful of times i've been there's been pretty good yeah. so and even, yeah. you know, I, I know it's changed over, but well,
1: with a place like that too, and I can't remember if we've talked about this before, but like, for me, if you have a location like that, I don't know, it does it have a view of of the lake or anything like that. I, I can't, no, oh, okay. no, they do have a nice big just... property with an event center. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it's still yeah, gorgeous it's... there. Right. Even if you can't see the lake, yeah. right. The whole Finger Lakes region is just really beautiful. And so for me, at least personally, I would forgive mediocre beer just for the location on a beautiful day, you know, at a place like that, like. Like it could be, it could be pretty unimpressive, but if it's this gorgeous like Finger Lakes place and it's like 80 and sunny, I'd be like, fuck, I don't care. I'll, I'll, I wouldn't drink Bud Light, but, but I would drink uh, a lot in, in that kind of a location. So. Well,
2: some more history you guys didn't ask for. So it was, it was an empire space, right? Cause empire started as a famous longtime brew pub downtown.
1: Do they still exist by the way, or did they're, no, they're, they're totally don't. gone now? They are. So, okay. so, so the
2: owner, the family that ran it and owned it, I guess was, Good at just running a brew pub, but very bad at business doing everything else. Okay. So actually, I can't remember the, the name of the space down there. I've gone there with my parents and with um, the Landry's. Shout out to the Landry's. But it is a, a neat space now down there in that area with, like, indoor cornhole and a bunch of beer. But anyway, so the, the owners... Like where
3: the downtown empire was? Yeah.
2: It's a neat, oh, wow. neat, neat area now. But the mm. owners, one of the owners took, a, like, you know... Thought there was going to be this huge boom. Thought he's going to take advantage of the New York State farm uh, farm brewery tax credits. You know, yeah. built out this giant, giant brewery, way bigger than they needed. Kind of far out there, right? You, it, it's hard to it's hard to fill up places. You have a really good place and a really good reputation, which they do now. But um, just overextended themselves. Could not keep the production up. Could not made made a lot of questionable business moves, and went under. And funny enough, there is a place in Dewitt that makes large steel tanks. I can't remember the name of the company, but it's a manufacturing company in DeWitt that makes large steel tanks for dairy companies and for yogurt production. And in the last fifteen years for breweries as well. For your bright tanks, for your fermentation tanks and your fermentation. they were one of the biggest creditors for this place. And when Empire went under, and, and there was there was a it was a mess. A lot of people bought into um the brewery boom. There was a lot of unsecured creditors and banks that lost all their money. Which, ugh. wow. But 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 this tank plant and it's got some funny name. In, but it's in Dewitt, New York. It was one of the biggest secured creditors, meaning they have first dibs. Um, right, if they go under, they have first dibs on assets or whatever they can do to get their money back. And they said, "Fuck it, we're buying it." <laughs> so they bought it and turned it into Meyer Creek. Oh. Yeah, and and for all intents and purposes, it seems like they've done a good job. Um, not only are they, you know, brewing a lot of beers there, which again, what I've had, I've enjoyed. Um, they've got a nice space. When I was there, it was crowded, uh, but they're also utilizing some of their spare capacity because this place is pretty big. To contract brew. so um, mm-hmm. very, very smart move um, to kind of be opportunistic with a kind of an, a couple dumb moves by a, the the former people who ran Empire.
1: Wow. Okay. Um, Fascinating. See, I love, I love these history lessons. Yeah. Uh, they're all
2: over the place. They're littered, yeah. right? Like, you know, you you find scrappy answers or scrappy stories like that all over the place. Um, I'm going to keep going because you're not stopping me. Um, like Dogfish Head, for example, I mean, they started on a, a five, like a half barrel system. Basically they could brew like 15 to 30 gallons at a time. In this little garage, you know, this their first brewery was delivered on the back of a UPS truck. Um, and so Sam Calagione kept scaling up, scaling up, scaling up, and he would go to farm equipment auctions where, again, a dairy would go under, and dairy tanks are great. You know, dairy equipment is really good for brewing as well. Uh, just a lot of similarities there for what you need. And, um, if there was a piece of equipment he really wanted or really needed, but didn't want to go in a bidding war with other farmers for it he'd show up with a case of beer or two and say, <laughs> Hey guys, that's what I want. I'd appreciate it. If you let me get it and pass the beer out to the guys, you he'd say, Hey, I'm not interested in anything else. That's what I want. And uh, more often than not, those kind of things would work. And that's a, a low budget way to grow your brewing operation. So those are neat things you, you learn across, across the brewing spectrum. And it's,
4: that's awesome.
3: Yeah. Really cool. Um, before we get into any topics tonight, I want to do real quick housekeeping. I will let you two know, but I think we're going to be off our regular cadence moving for like for the, the next episode, because I'm going to be on vacation. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's how it, it should be out. So we might have two weeks in between episodes instead of one. Don't worry. It won't be any longer than that. We'll we'll make it up. Um, I want to give a shout out to... My buddy here in the middle, Matt, his birthday's coming up on Friday. Happy birthday. Happy early birthday, Matt. I know last year we had Ethan play you an instrumental uh, thing, but we got lazy. Last year or the year before. Time
2: begrudgingly marches on.
3: (laughs) 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 Um, So we got that. Uh, I want to give another shout out to the uh, Kabirka family. They uh, welcomed their... Third uh, child, which is insane uh, because they're coaches and I don't know how they live life, but uh, they seem happy. Everything seems good. So, uh, Melissa, if you're listening to this, congratulations again. And I hope you have a great season ahead. Uh, want to give a shout out to the woman right behind me, Julie Ertz, retiring. The GOAT, in my opinion. She's great. Even made me like Zach Ertz for a while, and he was on the Eagles. So, that tells you all you need to
1: know. Oh, it's so weird uh, to hear then... ertz uh, <laughs> referencing other people. I forgot about these people. It's not, it's not spelled the same, right? Name. Yeah, but it's it's probably the same like roots and stuff. I got to imagine It just yeah. just got spelled differently. Like they got they
2: got some different you know customs officer at Ellis yeah, Island. Yeah, exactly, yeah,
1: yeah. exactly. But I mean, yeah, I don't I don't think there's there's too many ertz's all over the world, right? I think I think it's a similar name from a similar region, probably, but. Um, it's
3: too bad you only got like a half a percentage of their athleticism put together. <laughs> That's generous.
1: <laughs> okay, all right. I mean, come on. I was I was a, I was an excellent fielder. Thank you very much. So
3: <laughs> in pony league Bay
1: Oh my
3: god. Even
1: now if, if we went if we went out to a field and you started hitting balls all over the field I'd be like fucking Willie Mays out there, okay?
3: Dude, do you not remember when you went to the field with Danny and Timmy and I hit a Bermuda Triangle and it fell right between the three of you? Yeah, that's because Danny and Timmy
1: are dumb. I'm talking about if you you hit just fly balls out there, I I would be fucking, I'd be all over the place, okay? Out in center field. The Jewish Willie Mays, okay? Call me Willie Weinberg or something, all right? (laughs)
3: <laughs> I won't. But thank
1: you. <laughs> uh, and
3: speaking speaking of baseball grades, I did want to say R.I.P. Yeah. Uh, Brooks Robinson died uh, a little bit while ago. That that broke uh, before we started recording today. I know I shit on the Orioles pretty much. Uh, probably the Rays are the only team that gets more uh, shit from me on a regular basis, and the Orioles are obviously having a pretty spectacular season here. But um, and watching some of his highlights and. The things he did, you know, he's an MVP, World Series MVP, one two, uh, World Series with with the Orioles as well. So that's just got to be a uh, a sad way to uh, you know pretty much end a, a really exciting regular season for the franchise. And I'm sure they're going to hopefully want to bring a title back to Baltimore in his honor. Yeah, I was going to um, say but... it might
1: like galvanize them. Actually, they might they might be like
3: for Brooksy, we're going to win it. Yeah, not that I think they really need to be galvanized. Yeah, no,
1: I don't think so either. I do want to say really quickly, just talking about him. So obviously, you know, he was known as the human vacuum cleaner. And like many people consider him, you know, the greatest, not just third baseman of all time defensively, but like possibly the greatest defensive player of all time, period, right? Many people like that. And there is this play. I don't know what you would have to search in YouTube to find it, but I'm sure it would be pretty easy to find. That's one one of the best plays I've ever seen. And it's that one I'm sure you guys know where he dives like deep into foul territory and, yeah. and he just like gets, I know exactly. yeah. And he just like gets up and whips it across the diamond. It's just, it's like, it's fucking insane. I mean, like how, how far into foul territory he dives to get it and then, and then whip it over and still get the guy out. I mean, he, he was, he was just unbelievable.
4: Yeah. It was. Yeah.
2: All right, boys, what do you want to talk about? Wait, wait, can I get one more, one more shout out? Yeah, go ahead. Congratulations to uh friend of the pod, Hannah, on on their engagement. Yes, Congratulations.
3: The Lena. So yeah, nice. Oh, yeah. yeah so yeah.
2: I I noticed that on, on the social medias the other day and I was very happy happy for her. So. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I texted her when that that all happened and uh obviously very Overwhelming in a in a good way, you know. experience and, and everything. I'm actually catching up with her tomorrow. Good. Uh, so nice. uh, I'll, I'll report back. But um, yeah, very happy for you, Hannah. And um, you can replace Ethan whenever you want. Whenever you want. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So too too easy.
2: How do you guys? How you guys doing? Like, do you guys have time? To- I I got. I just I made a folder on my desktop. To just start saving interesting tidbits to talk about on the pod.
3: Bring them out. Quick hitters. Let's do it.
2: Okay, so I've got a list of the 23 seasons in Major League history where someone had 99 or more extra base hits. It's only happened 20 times in, in a single season. 23 times. 20 or 23. 23 times in a single season has someone had... 99 or more extra base hits. Really? That's it? Mm hmm. And there's some All pretty right. stunning data trends you see here. Okay.
3: It's got to be recent with the no, So,
2: bunch So of there steroid are. Era. Almost everything happens pre 1948. Pre integration or steroid era? And then post, yeah, there you go, yeah. post 1998. Yeah, yeah. Now, The other big divides are: almost everyone, except the few notables, did it when they were twenty-eight or younger. The notables: Barry Bonds. Yep, of course. Yeah. Sammy Sosa Uh had to be Luis Gonzalez.
1: Luis Gonzalez.
2: Albert Bell. Albert
1: Bell. Oh, because, yeah, Albert Bell, yeah. And
3: then. Is that like the 95 season? He had, like, no, he had like 50
1: homers and 50 doubles, didn't he? Like the only person to ever do that? 98, he did it.
2: 99 extra base hits in 163 games played. Okay. For the White Sox. Oh, and the son. last one, and I, I'm not counting this guy as much. I'm supposed to be a Yankee that year. So there's there's uh-huh. two on here that um, were 27 and 30 that are kind of fall, fell in the middle. Right, everyone else I just named is is older than thirty, but Larry Walker and Todd Helton um, had had seasons, but they're yeah. I'm going to give that to him from the Colorado, you know, the prehumidor,
3: both with the Rockies, yeah, yeah.
2: Um, And interestingly enough, Todd Helton is number five on the list. He had 105 extra base hits in 2001, but that did not lead the league that year. Barry Bonds at lines.
1: 107. Oh, my God. So wild. So so no McGuire on the list, though. No McGuire. Okay. Interesting. So you, even the year he hit 70? Not even the year he hit 70. So he just he just didn't ah. hit many doubles, huh? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: So just the age – I mean, Albert Bell was on here again in 95, right? In only 143 games, he had 103 hits. Wow. Actually,
3: that was the lockout. That was a lockout. That's amazing. Yeah, so, so, holy
2: shit. So, you know, Albert Bell, but that's he's 28, 103 right? so, games, you said? Hundred and forty three
1: games, Oh, hundred and forty three. Still amazing. He had hundred and three extra bases. Still Yeah, hundred and three. Yeah. Okay. So you, you see, really you
2: see that you see that big divide right between the the mm-hmm. you know suspected steroids get steroid guys and then also the older guys, the the pre integration, yeah. you know, pre more difficult baseball.
3: What's it, what's it like, Ruth and Gehrig and? So DiMaggio. Ruth is on, yeah.
2: Gehrig's on here twice, I think. Ruth is on here three times. Jimmy Foxx. Jimmy Fox is on there. Rogers Hornsby, Hank Greenberg, mm-hmm. uh, Chuck Klein.
1: Oh yeah, Chuck Klein had had like a couple ridiculous years. I want to say yeah. in the thirties, maybe. Um, but yeah, that that's really a uh, stand. if I didn't say him already.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chuck Klein, Chuck Klein's on here twice. Now the all-time leaders are Babe Ruth at 119, and then Lou Gehrig at 117. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So so well,
1: no, sorry, Matt Matt, finish finish your uh, yeah finish well, your Well, thought.
2: just you uh, I mean it just. You know, you, the names you don't see on here. You don't see a Mike Trout on here. You don't see a, a Mookie Betts on here, right? You know, you don't see Maybe some no of Willie these. No Willie or Mickey either. Is it right? Um, let's see. No Mickey. Yep. No Willie. That that's in the dead zone. That's after yeah 1948. And really, right? It's in 1948 is really the only one. Everything
1: else before him is 1940 or earlier. That's really interesting. And then everything else wow. is like 95 and later. Yeah, 95 and later. See that's now that's fascinating that like Mickey and Willie never did it yeah. out of everybody you would think that that they would have done it at least yeah, once. Yeah, some
3: of the
2: some of the insane offensive seasons they had.
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, so
3: it just, what's the most recent season?
2: Most recent would be two thousand and five. Der- Derek Lee. Holy shit! Derek really? Lee.
1: Yeah. Um, oh my
2: god!
3: The or Marlins. Cubs? One uh, of Cubs. One
1: of those. I picture him Cubs. on the Cubs. Okay, now that is the, uh, my God, like when, when you, as a trivia question, that would yeah. be, or like on Immaculate <laughs> Grid, if there was ever an Immaculate Grid category that was 100 extra base hits in a season, he would be the point zero 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 one percent Holy
2: fuck. Now, Pujols shows up in 2004, and then coincidentally, like most of the other recent ones are either in 2000 or 2001. So yeah. you've got Delgado in 2000, Delgado. Gonzalez in 2001, Sammy Sosa in 2001, Todd Helton in 2000. What about Wanda? Any Wanda? Juan Juan not in here? No. Um, and then you had Todd Helton in 2001 again, and Barry Bonds in 2001. So if I had more time or initiative, I would have grafted out because I thought that would have been neat too. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Next just, just a, I thought that was an interesting tidbit, right? Like we can infer, we can't, again, we don't know how to adjust stats based on non-integration. We don't know how to adjust stats. There is no multiplication factor based on steroids either.
1: Um, Right. But
2: they're just stats. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So So,
2: that was just an interesting tidbit that I came across.
1: So this makes me want to piggyback. I have several things I want to like ask you guys about. That's like kind of related to this, but should I write it down and we'll get to it some other time and Matt can keep getting through his, through his points. No, should, should that's, I, all, I'm I done, that's all I had.
4: Oh, that no, was, it? was it now.
1: Okay. Yeah. So, so, so a couple, a couple things that I, that I, that I thought were interesting that I wanted to ask you guys about. So, and kind of related to this. So, so the first thing is this, right? You know, a hundred extra base hits in a season is obviously an incredible accomplishment. And it's the, the data point that, that, that Matt mentioned, right. Of like basically exclusively post. Uh, or you're like, you know, prime steroid era and pre-integration. And so what I want to ask about, we've talked about the steroid era a lot. We don't need to revisit that right now. But one thing that I want to ask about, and I don't know if we've talked about this at length, and I've been thinking about this a lot lately. When it comes to pre-integration baseball, <clears throat> and, and and integration isn't even necessarily the most important part of this, of this uh, equation. It's more just like pre-modern baseball, right? pre pre-night games and pre-airplanes and things like this. And so my question is, do we overly glorify and respect all of these people? Because I remember reading something recently, it might've been Joe Paz, and I just like didn't realize it, but- the leagues were kind of small in the ni- in the twenties yep. and thirties. And, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I want to say there was like eight teams per league or something. eight teams, eight teams. Yep. So Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig and, and all these guys, when they were having these seasons that we talk about and that we worship, right. And we look at the numbers and they blow our minds. They were only white guys. So the competition level was not as high. All of these like amazing black players that could have been playing and raising the competition level were not allowed. There were no night games yet. Everything was during the day. They were not flying across the country. They were just taking trains along like one coast. And they were only playing seven other teams for an entire season. That's it. You can really get to know the pitchers on those other teams when you're only playing seven teams across a, what would it have been, a 144 game season back then, right? Or was it 154? One? 150. So... My question is are we do we get too excited about that because like when you think about all of those aspects of things man it really to me it sounds like the competition level was really kind of fucking low and i mean i know that we have these stats right we have like ops plus and era plus that are you know trying to account for the rest of the league and ballpark factors and things like that right and so if you have somebody who has a 180 OPS plus that's saying that they're like 80% better than the league average hitter. And so you could argue that that is really, really, really good regardless of era. And, And I think that that's a fair argument. However, man, I feel like eight fucking teams, only daytime games, like no, all white people, no integration. I just can't imagine the overall skill level and competition level being that high. And I wonder and I, and you guys know, I love baseball history as much as anybody. And, and I mean, I grew up reading like these kind of baseball history books and looking at, looking at the stats for the, I mean, we all did right. Looking at like Babe Ruth's fucking stat line. Right. And, and, and just go, uh, goggling over it or whatever. And, but now like I'm, I'm thinking about it recently and I'm like, you know, I think maybe we get a little bit carried away with it. I think maybe it's not quite that impressive. uh, Maybe as as we are brought up to think. So I'm curious. I'm curious for your thoughts on this. Um. So
2: on one half, I'd say if there's only eight teams instead of sixteen per league, the talent is less diluted.
4: Okay, that is
2: one interesting. Yeah, right. Theoretically, okay. But also on the flip side, if you're only facing eight, you know, seven other teams, and each team only has
1: four or five starters.
2: You're gonna get a lot more at bats against some pitchers than you would Yeah.
1: And they didn't do um, relievers back then. I mean starters were throwing like entire games usually, uh right? Unless they were getting unless they got totally uh uh destroyed, right? So like you would really get to know those starters. Yeah.
4: That's my thought.
3: That's all you got, Matt? Yeah. <laughs> uh, um I'm okay with it. I think it's great. I think it's one of those things that really separates baseball from any other sport. Like I think about football, for example. And so there's some like distinctive differences, right? Like you watch a football game from the 1970s and it does not look like football today. You watch a baseball game from the 1920s and it doesn't look that much different than what you're watching today. Yeah. The pitchers throw harder and yeah, the players are bigger, but it looks more similar. So there's that part of it, but like more to your point, Ethan, and I wrote this in my let's go state recap yesterday when I was talking about Penn state's defense, because they're now number one in the nation in scoring Not a uh, defense, total, total scoring defense. And, um, you know, there's people out there who are like, well, look at their schedule. They played West Virginia. Um, Delaware, who's an FCS, Iowa, and Illinois. But what I wrote in my recap is you play who you play. And we've talked about this before in different contexts. Babe Ruth played who he played. You know, like, you you can't compare today's game to their game, and you can't ask them to do things that weren't even around or available or thought of then to what it is now. You just have to take it in the context of what they were doing. And I think it's great that baseball celebrates their history like they do. Like, I think it's terrible that the NFL, like the way that they they talk about the Dolphins undefeated team and whatever, like it's fucking hard to go undefeated. I don't care what season it is, how many games there are, you know, whatever it is, like they went undefeated. Like, that's really cool. And you you only really hear about it talked in the context of like, a team getting close to doing it. It's never really just like celebrated in the NFL. Like it would be in baseball if there was like something similar to that, like the Yankees winning five world series in a row, you know, in the, in the forties and fifties, that's something that's celebrated. Never going to happen in today's game, you know, with, with the way (laughs) things are back to back winners right
1: now. Yeah, exactly.
3: Right. Right. You know, the Yankees are the last ones to do that in the late nineties, early two thousands. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm totally okay with it. I mean, yeah, when you really break it down, obviously you know the competition wasn't as good, and there's you know those factors. But now it's it's what it was. I had have... like if if I was alive in the 1920s watching Babe Ruth, I would have been fucking shitting my pants every single time, like I saw him because he he was fucking awesome, you know. Like and and that's what it is. So those books, you know, and those things that we read and we hear about, like they're not inaccurate. They're just a product of their time.
2: I have to take a little bit of umbrage with what you said, though. Now, I will also defend you because the Big Ten is probably the least um, guilty of this of the major conferences because of the way they schedule. Um, But more so for large college football programs, you pay or you play who you pay. (laughs) So you know only only Delaware. Oh, so uh, that's what I mean. You know. The Big Ten is is less guilty of that because they they pack their schedule with you know their what is it eight out of ten games are against big Ten teams nine nine, nine conference so teams, yeah. so yeah they they are less likely to do that but I mean when you see when you see that late November game or whatever that Alabama plays yeah. every year against like Troy
3: <laughs> yep. like oh yeah, yeah, who's Tro- literally going to say Troy <laughs> yeah
2: Troy is funding their years you know athletic department budget with this game. They're getting paid two million bucks or whatever from Alabama to come in and get their ass whooped. So Alabama yeah. can either A, rest all their players or B, if someone's got a suspension, they can suspend them for that game and say, we're
3: doing our job. Blah, blah, blah.
2: <laughs> you know, fucking Michigan and Jim Harbaugh give them a slap on the wrist. <laughs> oh, you're not going to play against records. Coach against records? <laughs> like, who cares? Who ca- Like, that start of the season, we're going to be responsible and suspend our coach three games. That's bullshit. It's transparent bullshit, and it's not just Michigan that does it, but you know what I'm getting at. Syracuse did it too at Bayheim. like that's yeah.
1: my favorite matt voice is is uh, I don't even know how to describe it but, yeah, that's my favorite yeah I love that
3: <laughs> yeah, and i wasn't I wasn't bringing up that point too no, no, I know
1: and that's
2: why' I, left, left,
3: left right right state but. That, thats
2: that's why I had to, to actually throw you a nugget there and defend you like I can't rip into the big ten or Penn State as much as I can to other, other teams, right? I mean, who has Syracuse played this year? Army, Colgate, Purdue. And um, who else did they beat up on? Western Michigan?
3: Yeah, something like that.
2: The least of the directional Michigans? <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's
3: hilarious.
1: Okay, real quick, I just want to respond to what Colin said real fast. So all really, really good points. And I think... Um, and I love obviously baseball history too. Right. And I, and I glorifying it on its own is great. And I think Kyle, what you touched on that I really like, and we have talked about this on the pod before is, and I think what I have a problem with, right. Is, is just this apples to oranges comparison of, of players in the modern era, whether you want to call it the divisional era or what um, versus players like pre-integration, you know, because I I feel like baseball fans are still really obsessed with that right of of comparing Albert Pujols or Mickey Cabrera or Mike Trout or whoever or A Rod to to Ted Williams to to Babe Ruth to Lou Gehrig all of this and um it it can be fun to a, to a certain degree I think but I but I but I yeah. do think that people like get a little bit carried away with it at times and I and I um I was just thinking about you know like. Yeah, I don't know the 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 level back then. Maybe maybe we just get a little bit too excited sometimes. No, no,
2: you're but... right, and it's but I think it's yeah, for the reasons right. that Colin cited exactly. Like baseball hasn't changed that much. Like yeah. if you compare cool. a middle of the road quarterback today, say um, uh, uh, Daniel Jones, <laughs> to Terry Bradshaw, the numbers are going to probably be pretty similar, right? Because even though Terry was one of the best in his time and Daniel was kind of like, if you go even further back and say, well, let's let's look at the 1920s and compare this, like they're not going to be anywhere near each other because the game has changed so yeah. much. Yeah, there wasn't um, even like the forward pass back it, then, be, right? Like, yeah, but of like, it's not a running game anymore. It's a throwing game. It's uh, the, yeah. they, and the NFL has practically made rule change to try and encourage those things, right? Hey, we want right. to, we want to stay with the times. We want to add two point conversions. We want to add rules to protect players like. That's a whole other conversation, but yeah, you, it's hard to, right? Colin, like Colin said, they're they're nowhere similar games. The fact that you know you can make comparisons from Jim Edmonds' famous catch and Willie Mays' famous catch, and you know yeah. they're on a roughly a you know they're roughly a similar athletes, although the, you know baseball players are getting huge now too. But mm-hmm. you know that's a good
1: point, though. Yeah. It,
3: yeah, it, ha- it it happens far less in football than it. Yeah, you know, th- these type of comparison things that you're talking about, Ethan, which I think is a subtopic of this entire topic that that you've mentioned. Um, this happens more in basketball, right? Where they try to say like LeBron and Michael, yeah, and, and even that. You know, even yeah. though that is both in our lifetime, you can't compare yeah. that.
2: But <laughs> again, you know, so and even even to to I'm doing this for Ethan. I think I've done this in the pod before. You look at basketball from 70 years ago dibble, 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 dibble. jump shot like like there's <laughs> yeah. nothing to it compared to yeah. like, fucking <laughs> you know Le- lebron looks like a linebacker like yeah <laughs> it, you put him in that game back then and he you know when he, when he charges the lane i don't know if the guys know what to do
1: yeah oh god yeah yeah, yeah.
2: like even even like an imposing person like um, wilt like how would he would he would he look like Shaq against LeBron, or would he look like, you know, Yao? I don't know. I'm trying to think. I, I don't know. I don't know basketball to make up. Yeah. A yeah. bad comparison there, but. <laughs> yeah, so.
1: Okay, so, all right. So I have, Kyle, a, a, unless you got something, I have one other thing. Okay, so Ronald Acuna is having a season for the ages. And uh, I don't think we've actually really talked about it, right? Because we were on hiatus through the summer. And I don't know if we talked about it in our – I don't think we talked about it in our first episode back, did we? So, okay. So, uh, 40 homers and 68 stolen bases right now. So, let's give some context. He is – what is he? The sixth or seventh person ever to do to do a 40-40, to have a 40-40 season. Now, if you go and you look up 40 – so, uh, for those who don't know, a 40-40 season in baseball is when you have 40 homers and 40 stolen bases. And it's only happened a handful of times in history. It's really hard. The baseball loves power-speed combinations. And um, there are very few people in history who who have that level of power and that level of speed where they can do a 40-40. Even 30-30 is rare, right? But 40-40 is like supremely rare. Now, if you go and you look at every 40-40 season that has ever happened, all both numbers, the homers and the stolen bases are in the forties. And we did talk about this a while ago. I think maybe when I brought up Eric Davis, probably before we went on hiatus, I think we talked about this because if I'm remembering correctly, and Matt, I don't know if you just pulled it up. If I'm remembering correctly, the best 40, 40 season in terms of the highest numbers was like 42 homers and 46 stolen bases. And I think it was a rod, but I can't, I I might be wrong. Um, So it's really hard. And that's like the best. So now let me repeat Ronald Acuna jr. This year has 40 homers and 68 stolen bases. I mean, it's, it's fucking unfathomable, right? It's unheard of. And even just 30, 60 was already the first time in history. Now, Eric Davis, had he stayed healthy, he would have done it, right? We talked about that. And and we talked about how across two seasons, he had like the most ridiculous year of all time, right? Um, but in an actual full regular calendar year season, what Acuna is doing offensively is 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 unprecedented and amazing. And hopefully he will be able to steal two more bases and get to 40 70, just because that's amazing. Now, my question is similar to kind of what I was asking. Are we too excited about the power-speed combo? Like, I think it's kind of sexy, right? It's kind of sexy and flashy, and, like, we look at it, and it's so rare, and it's, like, really exciting. But is it really that much more valuable these for instance like matt matt's a uh, uh, hundred extra base hits in a season statistic i think you could absolutely make an argument and i'm sure there's a way to mathematically uh, uh calculate this right i don't know how you could absolutely make the argument that 100 extra base hits is like way more valuable than 40 40 or 40 70 and I'm, I'm not sure right but what i'm curious uh to hear what you guys think is is if if we overvalue that yeah good Maserati. if we overvalue the power <laughs> speed thing is is Acuna doing a forty sixty and hopefully a forty seventy is that as exciting as it seems or is it you know it's great but it's maybe not that impressive and then the secondary aspect of this is when we think about the NL MVP race and then we compare ah, him damn it you're going to get you're going to get there before me damn oh, it oh well i won't go into it i'll let you talk but i was just going to say if then we take him and we compare him to mookie bets there are some really yeah, really go. interesting arguments but we we can get to that afterwards but I, but i want to hear what you guys think about this 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 just the power speed thing uh, in, in general so
2: you're right ethan the the only other kind of highest total was soriano's 4146 um, soriano okay yeah um
1: so, wait, was the but 42 yeah. 46 for A Rod? Did I remember that right or no? Yeah,
2: 42 46 homers to stolen bases. And then, oh, sorry, Soriana was 46 homers, 41 stolen bases.
1: Okay, got it, got it. Um, oh, okay. And those are the That's highest right. the highest numbers. Yeah, yeah.
2: So, I think while it is sexy, I think we're not overriding it too much because if you look at least as of now, based on baseball reference war, Mookie Betts is winning, is leading. He's yeah. got 0.1 more war than Acuna does. So I think right. that, that, and again, we talk about five tool players, not two tool players. So yep. Yep. yeah, every, and Chicks dig the long ball, right? Like that that's sexy yep. and flashy, but um, I'm hoping that
1: at least people still see what Mookie's doing well and in this Um, argument it's all about the defense right because Acuna by advanced metrics is a below average right fielder this year whereas Mookie is outstanding at multiple positions so it's all about how you value defense right when it when it comes to this to this argument I think so
2: and then meanwhile so well I think if Mookie doesn't have the April and March and April that he did to start the season this is such a vastly different conversation like
4: yeah, what he I a watched, bad start, history, like,
2: didn't he? Yeah. yeah, But like in August, he was he transformed Insane. into Barry Bonds. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, a thirteen hundred OPS um, for like a whole month. Yeah, for a whole month, he batted four fifty five. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah, he had one of the most ridiculous months like ever.
2: Yeah, so I mean, I think, I think that hopefully balances out the kind of the equation there that that yeah, he, if you're looking at value for the team. You know, and I would have made the opposite, you know, argument last year when when I was arguing Judge over Otani. But if you look at value for the team. I am a hypocrite.
0: Mm-hmm. I think
2: Boots is, or Bets is there. Mookie Boots, Mookie Bets is there. <laughs> um, I haven't looked at the Fangraphs numbers yet, but I knew he was leading as of last week. in The Fangraphs number too. Betts was, um, yeah, yeah. Now the other interesting thing to know that I just brought up and thought it was funny: no one who has been in the forty forty club is also in the Hall of Fame.
1: wow because it's like all steroid guys right yeah yeah
2: so again not not, not judging the merits of whether or not they should be i just thought that it was you know Canseco, rodriguez uh soriano and
1: bonds right missing didn't bonds Bonds do it yeah 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 yeah. Uh, and i mean soriano he never got caught but i mean come on he was doing steroids too
2: he probably was yeah so um i hope you know the the layman fan would probably just get caught up on the numbers i hope the baseball writer is taking account Mookie season two.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I'm, I'm double checking on FanGraphs right now. And then Kyle, I want to hear your thoughts. So yeah, as of right now, Mookie is leading, um, on FanGraphs as well. But what's interesting and, you know, the problem with defensive numbers, right. Is they're different everywhere you go. Right. So, so baseball reference and FanGraphs have their own defensive rating systems, but then from stuff that I have read, the, the best, you know, defensive overall ratings are not defensive war or the overall defensive value, you know, at fangraphs or baseball reference. But I've read that like what you should look at, for instance, is defensive runs saved at Fielding Bible or outs above um, average at, I think it's StatCast, right? Uh, a baseball Savant. And so what's interesting is, so I just looked on fangraphs and, Betts is actually ranking just below average on fan graphs. He's like a negative 1.2. Now, maybe later I'll, I'll look him up on, on, um, on, uh, uh, baseball savant and fielding Bible to see, but the, but the defense thing is, is, um, it's hard to, I think it's hard to, um, to evaluate. I don't think we've come to a, to a really good consensus on that yet. Right. I think we still have to do kind of a, a, a combination of a lot of things, but, um, in any case, Kyle, your thoughts.
3: Yeah, I don't really have anything to add to the MVP part of this. I think they're both MVPs. Yeah, <laughs> and it just sucks that there's only one award, but that's how it's always been. And it'll probably go to Acuna because narratives are sexy as well. Yeah, and, and
1: forty sixty, that's... let alone forty seventy, is just so crazy. And and yeah,
3: yeah, and they're both on the two best teams. Arguably, yeah, you know, and then in the national league and everything, so yeah, it is what it is now. Now, uh, sorry, just yeah, go ahead. Matt.
2: Interestingly enough, the other two candidates that would be top, um, instead of the right fielders from the Dodgers and the Braves, it would be probably candidates three and four for MVP are first, first baseman for the Dodgers exactly. and the Braves, Freeman, and also and Freddie <laughs> Freeman, yeah, yeah, yep. who are also yep. having just amazing insane
3: seasons, yeah. You know, so, so, sorry, good. Tom, keep going. so good. Yeah. What, uh, what is Olsen up to? Cause we were, we talked about that last time. I think he's at 50,
1: 53. I know he hit one. I feel like he's at 53.
3: Yeah. So he kind of cooled off. then. And the
1: other thing we didn't talk about is, is Freddie Freeman still technically has a chance, although I think it's unlikely at getting 60 doubles, which has not happened since pre-integration for whatever reason, 60 doubles, is like extraordinarily rare and a couple people have gotten close and he's at 57 right now. So he could get there. He's at 57. Well, we didn't go into that, but that's an amazing thing too. Um, hitting that many doubles. I think doubles are actually underrated, right? We talk so much about home runs and nowadays we talk a lot about OPS. And of course I love OPS as much as anybody, but I think that we do have a tendency to under underrate doubles. I mean, double doubles are really, really valuable. Um, and so to to be to be almost getting 60 doubles for the first time since the 30s, I think that was the last time. It was, I can't remember who, but it was in the 30s. Um, that's also really, really incredible. But anyway, sorry, Colin, continue.
3: Yeah. yeah, I think the only other thing I want to add about Acuna and why I think it's so impressive what he's done this year, and I hope that he stays healthy enough to be able to, he might not replicate you know, this season, obviously, but I hope he's able to continue to replicate the power and the speed is because those are the, for offensive players, speed and power players are the two that get injured most often, right? It's it's not as common to have both in the way that Acuna does, but like Judge and G hurt all the time. Yeah. Uh, G, G specifically, like we talked about last time. Yep. And uh, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a speed demon who got hurt all the time that wasn't Ricky Henderson, but um, you know, there, there's got to be someone out there. So anyway, the durability that he has shown, especially coming off of a major injury um, you know, that he had, what, a year and a half, two years ago, not not very long ago. And so I think the durability to be able to do what he does that's really what's most impressive to me. I talked about that last time we had the pot about Glaber and like his durability as an everyday player. Like that's really what matters to the players and to teammates. Like, do you show up every day? Yep. Are you available? Yeah. Like, can you, can you contribute? And yeah. Acuna has done that in a big way this season. And I hope that his health stays good. Cause he's super exciting. And even before he got hurt, I think he was having a tremendous season that year he got hurt, like you know obviously he was a top prospect and everything, so it'd be great to you know see him continue to do really well and everything. so, yeah, I don't know all those advanced things that we talked about and the value of it and whatever that's you know another conversation maybe that we can get into the weeds about in the off season, but just in terms of the eye test and like what it does for me, I think it's really impressive because it just shows that he's out there day after day producing in multiple ways and yeah his defense isn't Mookie bets, but he's not he's probably not G out there either right <laughs> so
2: yeah yeah interestingly enough so they're both of their OPS plus this year is 167 wow, wow. but now what's what's impressive to me over a 10-year career Mookie is averaged 138 for his OPS plus so uh wow that that's an average over a 10-year career it's impressive um Oh, oh, fuck
1: shit. Okay, never mind. I just looked up Trout, and of course yeah, he's Trouties? averaging 1,
2: 173 over his whole career.
1: <laughs> so. Oh, God. A good reminder. A good reminder that even <laughs> though he has been hurt so much the last several years, he still has, like, an argument to be the GOAT, at least for his first decade yeah. of his career. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> that was fucking... Yeah, that's right. Just,
2: oh, fuck. Like, yeah, <laughs> never like, mind.
1: I just torpedoed my own argument. Well, argue because blocker. you think... You know, because it's so funny, right? If we talk about the last decade... You know, and we talk about who are the greatest players of this decade, of this quote-unquote generation. If we're limiting the generation to like a decade-ish, you know, Trout's main competition, I think, according to most people, probably, and, and you guys obviously throw in somebody else if you think I'm wrong, is going to be bets, right? And 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 he did have a couple of insane years, but like what Matt, what you just shared, I mean, God, that's that's incredible. Like we're talking about Trout's main rival as an offensive force. And the OPS plus average over 10 years was 173 to 138. Is that what it was? Yeah. So 45% better. Yeah. 35%, right? Yeah. 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 But still ridiculous. 35% better. Like 35%. Like that's an insane amount. That's how much Mookie is better than the rest of the league, right? Which is already super, super, super impressive. And then Trouty is is that much again above. Like, it's fucking crazy.
4: Yeah.
2: Also, Ethan, uh, only six times has there been a 60 double season. Yeah. The last time it was in 1936 when it was done twice. Yeah. Charlie Geringer and
1: Joe Medwick. Medwick and Geringer. Okay. And I'm trying to remember who's the guy that I'm always remembering that had 60 doubles. Maybe it's Medwick. Geringer, Medwick. Green. Greenberg, excuse me. Oh, Greenberg had 60 doubles one year. He is 63 in 1934. Okay. Who am I thinking of? Not him. Read, do you have the list up? Read the other guys. Yeah. Earl Webb,
4: uh-huh.
2: Joe Medwick, George Burns, Hank Greenberg, Paul Wehner, or Wanner,
1: and okay. Charlie Geringer. Yeah, Wayner. Webb has the record, right? With like 66? Yeah. 67. 67. That's who I remember is Webb because he has the most. Okay. But yeah, only six times and the last time was when? Did you say 36, 38? 36. Yeah. That's, that's really crazy, you know, because we're talking about like Comparing apples to oranges, and we talk about like the steroid era, right? And we've, you know, we've talked about home runs a lot. And obviously you guys know one of my favorite stats, and I've talked about this, I think, multiple times on the pod, is 60 home runs only happened twice in history, right? Before 1998. And then Sammy Sosa did it three times in four years. Maguire did it twice. Bonds did it, right? It's fucking insane. It's mind-blowing. It's kind of crazier that nobody got to 60 doubles. Right? Like, that's that's really, really wild to me. Um, Well, yes. think about it. Oh, go, Colin, go ahead.
3: I was just gonna it, I think the ballparks. Yeah, there you go. That go was out what out I was going to that. say. Like,
1: think about old Yankee Stadium or,
2: like,
3: yeah, the polo or grounds. Yeah, like
1: polo grounds. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's the biggest part of the equation. That's that's a good point.
3: Yeah. Yeah, most ballparks used to be pitcher ballparks, whereas now they're hit Right, like, it's easier and, to
1: hit it out now, whereas back then, you, know, you hit it in the gap, but it wasn't going to go out. So you're going to get yeah, a double.
3: Yeah.
2: Old, you
1: know, old, old Tiger Stadium, you know. It wasn't like 480 to dead center or something in in Tiger Stadium. 450, you know, Ebbets Field, 350 to left. Like, yeah, yeah. Crazy, crazy stadiums, right? Yeah, that's a good point. It still is surprising to me. I still feel like that makes sense, right? Of course, there's going to be more doubles with those ballparks and more home runs with modern ballparks. But I still would have expected in the steroid era, somebody to get 60 doubles in a year, I feel like.
3: So. Well, but it, but it, it, what ended up happening was, instead of, instead of the Brett Boones of the world, well, even Brett Boone hit forty homers that one year. Well, he had
1: thirty-seven that one but, year. Did you ever get to forty? Yeah, whatever.
3: Yeah, two thousand one. Yeah. Um. But instead of pumping more doubles. They were pumping more homes, yeah. <laughs> partially because of the smaller ballparks, but partially because the anabolic steroids really juiced them up yeah, and that
1: much more strength. They were,
3: they were pounding the shit out of the ball. Yeah. But you know, when you're talking about bigger ballparks, not as strong players, you know, things like that. So, you know, you you get a you get a hold of one, it's like you know, Craig Council uh, <laughs> juicing one, you know, into into the seats or something, and and that's a 470 foot double at. Tiger Stadium, yeah. <laughs> Back in the day, so right. Um,
1: that's that's right. Yeah. yeah, Council had that crazy stance. Yeah. yeah,
3: yeah. Is he the manager of the Brewers? Brewers? Yep. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Fucking Council! Mm-hmm. Didn't he score the winning run in two thousand one?
2: I think he did. Did he? It
3: was either Hammer or Javel. Hmm. One one of the two. Who scored? Who scored the winning run? Council scored the winning run. I think in the ninety seven World Series.
1: Uh, or Jay Bell scored.
3: Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Kyle, you're the you're um,
1: the you're the World Series trivia expert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this I, one's getting away from
3: I, 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 I will I won't
1: even try. Yeah,
3: yeah. Council hit a home run in Game One of the 2001 World Series. That I know for a fact.
2: Mm. So can I can I bring up an elephant right now? Speaking of the Brewers, do it. <sighs>
3: Wait. What, oh, what, Josh Donaldson.
2: What Josh Donaldson.
1: Oh, Aaron yeah. Hicks. Yeah. And Gary they could, Sanchez. They couldn't fucking hack it in New York. Fuck them. Fucking shit. Yep. Oh well. Good riddance. Good riddance. They couldn't I think fucking Hicks handle it. Hicks is hitting two eighty eight. I think that's what. Um. Hicks has been good. You, he has like an eight thirty OPS or some shit. Yeah. With the Orioles this M- Michael year. Michael K talked about him on a show yesterday or today or
2: something. It, it yep. Just. And even Gary was having a decent season. He was at yeah. I think worth two and a half WAR. I think. Yep. Yep.
3: Yeah, but Gary Gary's different. I think than these other two because. Gary was again awful last season and he bounced around to like three organizations this year. And then he finally caught fire with the Padres. So,
2: but the,
1: the context they were bringing it up is could we offload G somewhere? <laughs> like, Oh, I was actually going <laughs> to ask you guys about G that's, that's, that's funny. You brought him up, Matt. Um, And uh, I think Michael K's, what he threw out there was be,
2: basically to take on an equivalently bad contract. Like uh, yeah, or you
1: Corbin. just pay, or you just pay all of G's contract, yeah. And you just say no, we.
3: No one would ever do that. Well, yeah.
1: I'm, no, I'm saying the Yankees would have to pay all of G's contract.
3: Well, they would, just they would pay if they if they just dropped him like they did with Hicks. And, yeah. Um. Okay. And, and uh, Donald. So yeah, so okay.
1: So sorry. Go ahead, Matt. The Brewers are only paying the major league minimum. The Yankees are on the hook for everything else. Yeah. for for Donaldson same, same
3: with Hicks. yeah same with Hicks. yeah
1: yep. okay so but this 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 brings up something I was I was gonna ask you guys also and so this is a perfect segue so so talking about G you know I was watching this like post-game interview with him just like last week and you guys may have seen it too right
3: yeah I know, I know yeah and
1: about. Michael K I'm gonna steal his word because I think it was really good uh Michael K said that G seemed despondent right like yeah. like he wasn't just paying lip service to how bad he's been. Like he looked like he knew it like deep and really felt it right. Like he has been fucking horrible this year and he knows it. So my question is he's only our age, right? Like he's literally 33. I think he was born in 89. Um, Now, granted, we know that the thirties are past the prime in baseball and there's very, very few people who are going to be better at age 34 than they were at age 33 or 32. However, G is kind of an athletic freak if you look at him, right? He's like 6'5, 250. He's like a fucking Greek statue of a god of a man, right? Now, granted, he gets injured all the time. But my question is just hypothetically speaking, I know this is unlikely, but hypothetically speaking, Yanks ain't going to the playoffs this year. Imagine G has a really, really, really good, healthy, restful offseason, okay? Is there a chance. That he comes back next year, and he actually gives us the type of season that we were hoping to get when we traded for him. And I'm not talking even about 50 homers, but maybe even just 40 homers and an 850 OPS. Is there a chance? Matt says no. I don't, I don't think so. And, and so that's – K went back to one of the
2: show yesterday, so I'm, I'm going to quote him again. He, he physically can't run anymore.
1: Yeah, his lower he half is like, like really bad. He, it's what what, not which, that he's not, what
2: is it in his lower half? By the way, I can't remember. Is it his hips or what? I, I, I he didn't. They didn't say. They didn't go into the medical reason, but they said he's trying. He's working every day. He can't run, like you know. They said we're we're this close. This this close to having him. Well, you know, they should just hard shut him down to right field and and being thrown out at first base. They should have just shut him down yeah. if it's that bad. As far as I'm concerned, his, his OPS is 13 percent below average. Yeah, like. Yeah, if his if his and, lower and, and half so, is that
1: hat bad, you put him on the fucking IL and you make him rest as long as possible as long as needed to get it so that he's serviceable again, right? I don't understand. Well, and that, that's that's what the the question was, it will that
2: do it? Or right. is he done? And Yeah, or is his body just betrayed him? Yeah. And and the a caller today today's show brought up the the point that you guys bring up too, right? When we traded for him, um, you know, even Kay was saying, like, where are the holes in this lineup? How do you, you know we had a, he had a first good season? Where are the holes in the lineup? He's he's mm-hmm. a former MVP, but right, he's never had even more than forty homers in a season. He's never to even he got gotten to
1: forty with the Yankees. No, he hasn't yeah. gotten to forty. No, and actually, he only all, got to forty. His uh, the only time he got to forty was that MVP year when he hit fifty nine. Yeah. yeah, and so Kay was talking about he wouldn't he wouldn't give it up, but he said
2: he's he has a saved text from the day the trade was made. From a former Yankee player, he said he was a Hall of Fame type player who said that the Yankees will never win a championship with him. It was a terrible trade that we're going to get the worst the worst years out of him.
1: Now, you know that's an easy hot take to make, yeah, but that's bullshit. And I'm also surprised because he literally was 28 and coming off his MVP year. Like Mike,
3: Michael K. Michael K. feeds into that narcissistic bullshit hot take stuff. He's he annoys me with that on his radio show.
1: Yeah, or I mean that's ever, pretty bold. That is a bold take to have said right on the trade because, like, it's like we talked about last time, and, right? Age twenty eight, coming off his MVP year. Like, come on, <laughs> that's you, you. Anybody would be glad to have that kind of a person in, in that context. Do you, do you have an equally hot counter hot
2: take, Colin?
3: <laughs> uh, equally hot, no, because I don't partake in that. <laughs> what I will say is. I think the 2018 season actually was really detrimental to G for the rest of his career at the way we're seeing it play out. Like, obviously it's easy to say that now, but if you really go back and look at that season, he fucking carried the Yankees that season. Judge was out a big chunk. He played all the time and he DH a good amount, you know, whatever, but he was hurt that season too. And he played every single day. And I'm sure that fucked him up even more and everything. So it's just, it's bad luck. Ethan, to your point, I, I don't know. I'm more optimistic obviously, but I, I don't know. I'm trying to I, hold I, I out hope. I can...
1: Cause I kind of love Gene, you know, despite, yeah, I, do, I do too. Despite everything. Yeah. You know, I really have yeah, like, and th- yeah.
3: And that's where, that's where I was going with this is like the unfortunate part is his contract. Right. And it, you
2: know, there's,
3: There's no salary cap in baseball, but there is a fucking cap. Right. And it matters. And I could see G in a different scenario where he didn't have this monster contract being like a Don Mattingly. You know, someone who is super good for the culture of the organization, a shell of himself as a player. Yeah. But, you know, like Donnie was in those captain years, 91 to 95. He's not Donnie.
1: Yeah. Yeah. His back was gone at that point.
3: Right. But look what he did for the organization and look how he's remembered. Yeah. And I'm sure Donnie was one of the higher paid players on the team, but
4: mm-hmm.
3: not kind of right. Like no, that, not like this contract G, G is being paid. Yeah. And so that's the unfortunate part is that I can totally see G from just a good guy clubhouse presence is going to help the younger guys is going to have the work ethic is going to continue to put in the work and try to do his best day after day. And he handles the media from all accounts. He handles New York. I'm sure he'd get a breather and a, a mental break health uh, or mental health break if he left New York and, you know, went somewhere else. But yeah, he is the type of dude when, when you talk about the Donaldson's and the Hicks and the Sanchez, like, He's the complete opposite of that. <laughs> he just can't stay healthy. And, uh, you know, that that part is, I think, really sad. Yeah. Is, is a, I think, the best word to describe it. Because I don't know that he ends up being on the Yankees for the rest of his career. Like, maybe people thought when we first traded for him. I think there is a legitimate scenario where the Yankees just say, fuck it, we need the roster spot. We're going to eat that money and move on but it, you know I, I don't know is is a serviceable to use your word Ethan is a 25 to 30 800 ops mostly dhg something that helps the yankees I don't know
1: I'm going to hold out hope I'm I'm not I'm not saying that I expect it's going to happen right but I'm hold. I'm going to hold out hope. I'm going to, I'm going to, cause like he, you know, you could see in his face and you could hear in his tone of voice from this interview, you know, like he's fucking wrecked and I'm hoping, I'm just going to hope that this off season, he's going to do what he needs to do mentally and physically. And I think the mental part is a big part of it, right? When you're feeling that down and, and I can, we all, we all can speak from experience actually, uh, as far as this goes. (laughs) Um, it it can be really, 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 really hard to come out of that. And so I'm just going to hope that that mentally and physically, he's going to have the kind of offseason that he needs to give us that kind of season. Um, like nothing would make me happier, you know, not not even in terms of just the Yankees doing better. Right. But just in terms of him, like having a solid year and and and. Not fucking hating himself and uh, yeah,
3: looking like he's having fun again, yeah,
1: exactly. Because you know, what yeah. I'm thinking about as we talk about this, right? It's 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 fun, it's funny. Like, uh, uh, um, Joe Paz will talk about this, right? So, Kyle, you'll know what you'll know what I mean. He'll talk about some of the, the most fun things and the most beautiful things in baseball, right? And and some of the things that that get mentioned uh, commonly, right? Are uh, Trey Turner sliding, which if you it, that may sound crazy. But listeners, if you have not, like, go to YouTube and look up Trey Turner, T-R-E-A is how you spell his first name, Trey Turner Sliding. It's a fucking work of art. Like, it's gorgeous, his slides, okay? So, like, Trey Turner Sliding, Javi uh, Javi Baez Tagging, right? These are things that are, like, famously really, really beautiful and fun to watch. And I would say that that just right up there, if not better, is Giancarlo Stanton and, of course, Aaron Judge hitting home runs, right? I mean if you want to show somebody why baseball is amazing, you show them G or judge hitting home runs and you explain to them, first of all, that hitting a baseball is the hardest thing in professional sports. And that if you are successful 30% of the time, you are the best in the league. So you explain that first and then you show, you show them hitting these home runs, hitting these nasty pitches, right? And it looks effortless and it's just, just gorgeous. And it goes 450 plus feet, right? Like it's an amazing thing. You know, they're, people who can hit it like G it's rare. Like it's really, really, really rare. And so I'm just like, I'm, I'm rooting for him so hard to make even just, even just half of a comeback.
3: Dude, this is coincidental timing, but G just hit a fucking rope, not a home, but a double and like almost killed the umpire. It was like, (laughs) you know, like 10 inches off the ground. That's the danger. (laughs) Right. by right by, uh, Right. By Bichette at shortstop. I'm waiting to see what the, uh, what the um, stat cast was yeah. on it, but it's a fucking he, bull. He
1: literally hits singles harder than anybody else in the game hits anything, like 115 to 120 miles an hour. He'll hit singles.
3: one 117.9. Fucking
1: insane. Insane! <laughs> you know? So I'm just rooting hard for him. That's the moral of the story.
2: One other one other callback, just, uh, just because I, I was curious. The Guys, got to guess the most extra base hits Trout has had in the season.
1: Oh, okay. Um wow. hmm. I'm gonna say fifty-four. I'm gonna say for most extra base hits overall. Only fifty-four. You're gonna say? Oh yeah,
4: that
3: that's low. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Too low. Uh, yeah. Oh right, because the I I was thinking of um I was thinking of the sixty doubles. Yeah, right. Uh,
4: yeah. I'm gonna say yeah, eighty-one. Okay. I'm gonna say
2: out with it.
3: I'm gonna say seventy-four.
2: Ethan's the closest, eight eighty four is the best 84. he did. Most of his seasons are in the seventies. Yeah. But you also have to look um you know, earlier in his career, he was a triples monster.
1: Well he was fast. He was actually yeah. fast
2: in running back then, yeah. Eight, nine, nine, six, you know, those are his triples his first four full seasons.
1: Yeah. So um,
3: that's the Acuna comp I was talking yeah. about. Like, I mean, speed and power, it just doesn't usually last. Yeah. Like, both of those things are... Hard to maintain, right? Yeah. Yeah, like, for sure. Well, yeah. And traits you, that diminish really quickly. You
2: also see the Correa effect, right? Like, Trout, four years ago, stopped stealing bases. Um, yeah. Yep. Kind of like Correa did, right? Yeah. Yeah. For and sure. Correa fucked up his leg. Uh, and the one time he stole for the Twins, he fucked it up again. But...
1: hmm yeah, and that's a conversation for another episode or something. But the season that he has had has been fucking miserable. <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm not feeling that bad, right, uh, about him. But uh, the only crazy. the only
3: thing that would be worse than the Astros winning another World Series, I think, is the Twins winning series. <laughs> <laughs> because then it would be Correa and Sonny Gray yeah. oh, and Joey uh, Gallo. Uh, oh yeah, Gallo's Gallo. there too. That's right. Yeah. That's like the it's hey. like the uh, graveyard for
1: failed Yankees uh, over there. <laughs> yeah, not yeah, that Too Correa bad Sanchez
3: was. But. And uh, Geo aren't there anymore. Yeah,
1: right. Oh, that's hilarious. Hey Geo, Geo serviceable this year. Solid, yeah. Geo solid. I kind of wish we had kept him in some senses, but uh, yeah.
3: He's with the. Uh, is he still with the Angels? Yeah, he got hurt.
1: But right. he was worth like three WAR, I think, this year. Yeah,
3: I mean, he can't be any worse than uh, Anthony. I don't want to talk to the media. Rendon or whatever the fuck yeah. his last name last is. Last year Geo
1: was three war not this year he didn't play long enough only 62 games this year but last year with Minnesota though three, three war yeah. yeah in any case
2: well what do you think is it is it time to land this plane guys? Let's land it
3: land it any shout outs before we go I know we did those early but um, anything else? Well shout out
1: to brother Jeremy who sent us a nice text after our return uh, uh, two weeks ago <laughs> Giving us shit about talking uh, talking shit about the Rockies, uh which was which was uh which was pretty funny. Uh it was, I I was I was amused. And he you know, he made a good point. No, it was but, a take. Uh, they swept the yeah. Yankees. So. Yeah, basically they fucking swept the Yankees. But still we can never no, talk no, they didn't oh, two out of three. They didn't two out of three. I mean, I was at
3: one of the Act. games. Or wait, we it, were together, yeah. we it, it,
1: Didn't we go together it, to that game?
3: No. No, we we didn't sit next to each other and I wasn't with Jeremy. Are you a fucking idiot? Wait. You Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. You know my memory is horrible, dude. Oh, God. It was like two months ago.
1: Yeah, you're right. (laughs) Okay. Okay. A lot has happened in my life since then. Okay. I moved across the country and started a new job. There's been a lot going on. But anyways, point being, we can never talk too much about how stupid it was to trade Nolan Arenado and then sign Chris Bryant to his contract. We're we're not going to go into it right now because we're going to land the plane like Matt said, but no matter what the Rockies do against the Yankees, just that on its own is, is just like unfathomably stupid. And, and we, we can, we can never talk about that enough.
3: All right, Matt, I hope you have ice cream waiting for you. (laughs)
4: Probably. (laughs) (laughs) All right, boys. We are.